Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 87 of the What the Sheep podcast, where Alana and myself will be discussing, breaking down, and for certain, freaking out over Critical Role Campaign 3 episode 36. We had quite the banger last night, ladies and gentlemen, and NBs. Holy moly, the ultimate crossover we have all been waiting for, that we've all been talking about potentially happening, and Mm -hmm. we... Got it. We're here! We did it! We're here, and we're ready. But Good before, job, everyone. We, exactly. But before we get into the festivities, Alana has something special that she's that she's got. Ooh! I got the tarot cards! We've got the tarot cards, so we thought, what better way to start tonight's <laughs> podcast than pulling a card? So, Alana, without mm. further ado... Alright, I don't know how you're meant to actually do it, but this is how I'm going to do it. So you tell me when to stop, Nico, and then I'll split oh, shit. the deck. Alright, okay. I've started. Are you doing it now? I've started, yeah. Okay, uh, stop. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to put that on top. Now you tell me top or bottom card. Oh, shit. Okay, uh, let's go bottom. Oh, I should show the cards here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bottom? bottom. Alright, so bottom. you've chosen the bottom card, which I'm going to reveal this way. <laughs> is it going to be... Why do I keep pulling what this card? Wait, what does it say? I keep pulling this card! Wait, which card is it? I couldn't see. It's the Moon and Mirror card! Oh. And I keep pulling it! Oh, I got it on the shit. Instagram effect thing, you know, the Instagram thing they did? Yeah. I did it and I got this card twice. Oh, and when I opened my. the box, this card was on top. Oh! What the fuck? No way. What the fuck? Well, I think that's all the that's all the time we have for uh, today, folks. Um, it's been a good it's been a good one. But oh the moon, come on! God. What are the odds? What are the odds of that? That's insane. I um, I swear to God. So if that listen, if if that doesn't tell you enough about how uh, how our theories are gonna go, I mean, hey, there it is. Um, yeah. But with that being said, with that. <laughs> bolstering of confidence for our tinfoil hat theories. Let us dive into last night's episode. Uh, We can kind of start with the Bell's Hells meeting Keyleth for the first time, or at least some of them. Obviously, Orum, you know, works for Keyleth in a way, Um, but the rest of the party, they don't really know who this is. They only have heard of her, and we got to see our baby Kiki again in in the flesh, which is really nice. Very, very nice. nice. Yeah, no, it was it was really kind of cool because she was had that kind of air of authority around her that you would expect from someone that has been built up. Like if you look at her from the perspective of the Bell's Hells, mm-hmm. and if we try to forget everything we know about her from yeah. campaign one, you're like, oh wow, this woman seems pretty powerful. Like when oh, she yeah. walks, grass grows from her cape. Oh, so um cool. She's clearly very important, but yeah. then equally, she's still quite awkward. Like, she still has that that social exactly. kind of <laughs> anxiety of talking with people, um, which is just kind of really lovely to see that, like, no matter yeah. how, no matter how uh, powerful she gets, she's still the same Kiki. Um, One, 100% uh, agree with you yeah. on that point. Um, and it's... Matt has been a masterclass in playing these different... Uh, previously PC characters um, because he he knows them so well you know they've played these characters for years and we can kind of go into a little bit of the their New York City comic-con panel um, because one of the questions was how is it going back into the voices 
and acting as these characters of Vox Machina when you've gone through the Mighty Nine, when you're back into the Bell's Hells now going back, and they're like, well, these Vox Machina characters, they're home to us. You know, we're so used to these characters. And so, you know, Matt, as well as, you know, as equally as the rest of them knows these characters so well, and it can definitely slip into their shoes. And it definitely shows with Keyleth, you know, being the voice Mm. of the Tempest, but then maintaining that sort of awkward, um, down-to-earth sort of feel that 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 is yeah. keyleth um mm. it's really awesome because even even she was like no you, you know you can just call me keyleth you don't have to call me the you know yeah. the boys or you know the tempest <laughs> keyleth is fine um and it's it's awesome it's awesome that it's a, he's able to i feel that. like too there's a little bit of nostalgia she feels watching an adventuring party kind of doing its thing and yeah just yeah it's, it's, it's almost like looking back to your school days and you're like, oh, I remember just hanging out with your friends all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of really, kind of really sweet. But no, Keyleth was amazing. Keyleth was wonderful. Um, watching Matt describe Keyleth and Liam's reaction to it, yeah. it was really sweet. Like he was feeling it. I wish Marisha could have been at the table. I know. That would have uh, been so nice. It would have been so nice. But, uh, but I, I just like to imagine marisha having her own teary-eyed moment with danny danny carr in the other yeah. room watching 100%. on the screen but it, yeah. it, it was it was very sweet um but then stepping through the portal created uh, you know through the tree and entering whitestone we're once whitestone. again we're we're back we're home we're a home away from home whitestone it feels so like wonderful. that though a little yeah. bit it's yeah. like oh once it was just the base in campaign one and whenever they returned it felt like the end of an arc or the end of a major thing they're like hey let's quickly go back to whitestone and chill for a bit so even though now they're coming to whitestone with a mission coming back to whitestone does feel like oh we're coming back from holidays this is home um it was a really nice feeling It, it is really nice and we have to it's also it's also strange because you know it's been so long since we've yeah. seen whitestone like i like in in game Canon. years it yeah. has been a while since we have seen this mm. place and it's Aww. it's interesting to see like post post campaigns like you know post briarwood whitestone yeah. what does that look like decades you know from yeah you know from the the fall of the briarwoods and stuff and mm. it's flourishing it's thriving it's, it's looking good it's beautiful yeah. it's awesome to see because then like as critters the last time we saw whitestone was in the legends of vox machina when it was you know decrepit and down and destroyed and sad and depressing um now seeing the complete opposite you know under the rules of the dorellos once again it's awesome it's it's enough to get enough to get a grown man all choked up and crying (laughs) Um, it you know because it feels like whitestone in that midpoint of campaign one where they've dealt with the chroma conclave things are going right they're taking the year off um but even then after that then they had the threat of vecna so it's like they couldn't even relax and or from what we could see because we didn't spend a whole year role playing they (laughs) they skipped that so we didn't get to see that downtime in whitestone Mm -hmm. the you know the the starting of the bakery and all this sort of stuff it just kind of was so yeah it's like it's just like traveling to any other fully established, fully um, safe city. Um, yeah. And it's really not. And you're going there with like a hero of legend um, uh-huh. <laughs> that was uh-huh. paramount in saving this town and saving the world multiple times over. So it's kind of really exciting. 
Yeah, and 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 to that point, you know, not to, not to jump ahead, but Orum, I remember Orum at one point whispering to to like Imogen and being like, "Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that these guys are legends." <laughs> kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah they're kind of a big deal. Um, yeah. And it's I I kind of had this thought as I was watching the episode and when Liam said that, you know, we come across different NPCs in, you know, different campaigns and such, mm. like, notably, you know, like, Yusa, or the Bright Queen, or these mm. other, like, major player NPCs, but we as uh, the audience are like, damn, like, the, these are, you know, big NPCs, these mm. are powerful individuals, but we don't know their full backstory. Yes. But when we see Vox Machina <laughs> as NPCs, and yeah. we know how legendary know they everything. are. Yeah. It, we're like, we, we then look at the Bell's Hells and we're like, y'all, yo, you need to be treating these people with respect, you know? Like, you need to be bowing <laughs> yeah. down before them, you know? Like, it's just, it's just <laughs> interesting how much we care more about, you know, these legendary Vox Machina characters yeah. with, you know, the Bell's Hells meeting them just because we know their story, you know? We know everything they've done. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's just in interesting in, like, comparing them to different legendary yes. npcs it's kind of like that feeling of um in campaign two when they're at Yusa's place and allura turns up yeah and they were a bit like well this this completely clears Yusa. like if Yusa's friends with allura oh, yeah. like he's good in our books sort of yeah. thing um which you know that's that's a choice yeah. but at the same time it feels a bit like that one it's got to be hard not to meta game when you're playing against mm -hmm. your an NPC of your previous PC, but you're right. We know everything about these characters. So when they make a decision, when they say something or or make a choice, we're yeah. like, oh, well, we know why they made that choice. This is yeah. like, you know, meta-wise, out of character. Mm -hmm. We understand where that character is coming from. We can uh -huh. understand their motivations, why they're feeling that little joke they made. We get it. Yeah. Um, which it makes them completely different NPCs. They're almost DM PCs at this point, a little yeah. bit because they're, they're so fully backstoried and, and fleshed out from having played 120 whatever episodes. So I find it really interesting that this, it's a unique kind of NPC interaction um, because you are obviously playing fresh people, meeting these for the first time, but you know everything about them. Mm. And, Oh, but it was it was done so well. I can't wait to. I want to start talking about Percy because that's yeah, like no, probably and, the most interesting one. We can one. get into that because <laughs> following on your train of thought there, um, mm. the because it it is hard to not meta when you are talking to these to these NPCs yeah. and stuff. But I think the things that they said, while they were kind of layered in meta, you know, because they were like saying certain like prodding things. That yes, were kind yes, of metal, them. but yeah. it fit. It fit for the situation yes. that they were in, and I felt like it was it was it was perfect for the things that they're asking. Because like a lot of the sentiments that the Bellas Hells were asking and bringing up and pointing out was like like mm. like have you lost anyone? Like you don't know like what yeah. we're going through, but it's like yes, yeah. yes, we do. We yeah, we have an understand. undead compatriot, you know, yeah. someone that has cheated fate and death. Like, yes. do you know anyone yeah. like that? <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Um, no, it was interesting. It was a really cool way to go about it. Um, but I just yeah, I I I, I, lo I loved it. It was a good episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really yeah. good. It was great. Together and talk about it. It was great. Um, um, but, but we had leading oh no go ahead 
No, no, I think we're about to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, le- leading into Percy, I think there, there were a couple times that I got chills this episode, mm-hmm. and one of them for certain, and I'm sure many can relate, is when um, Kynan, who we can speak on again, <laughs> Kynan, the Captain Kynan of, uh, of Whitestone, the, oh the young goodness. boy who... Had a bit of a rough start um, in campaign one, Ooh. popping up here and there. Uh, is now a captain of Whitestone, which is very nice. Yeah, um, good for him. Said that the Lord is in. Um, <laughs> the Lord of Whitestone is in. And just that alone was like, oh, man. Yeah. Percy is I, in the castle. Percy I had, is I had a I had a minor like panic that like it wasn't going to be Percy. It was going to be like his son or something, and like, oh, yeah. and like they had done a swap or something. Like, oh, when Percy's not in the castle, his son becomes Lord of Whitestone, oh, okay. sort of thing. And I was yeah. like, don't do this to me, Matt. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't do this. But I feel like the the implication was clear that it was you know it's safe to bring Percy in. It's fine. We can have Percy. Um, yeah, yeah and a boy, did we get Percy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to see Keyleth and Percy interact as it seemed mm. as Keyleth was pulled elsewhere. And we can kind of briefly gosh, pivot yeah. and talk about that because this is something that we, you and I talked about in the podcast mm-hmm. about because the solstice is coming up. All yep. of these different parties and entities that are going to want to capitalize on an mm-hmm. apogee solstice. We literally talked about this and who would want to be a part of it and we even talked about how maybe Alora and possibly Keyleth these like mm-hmm. good willed powerful mages and magical users are going to want to have a checks and balances with other powerful entities to make sure no one is going to try anything nefarious we, yeah. this is something we have actively talked about and it's yeah. awesome because that is what Keyleth is worried about, and that is what yeah. she is trying to do. She is trying to maintain <laughs> these checks and balances with these other powerful entities to make sure no one is going to be going off the rails when the Apogee mm-hmm. Solstice hits. So it was really awesome <laughs> that that was confirmed, that, that that is what Keyleth is trying to do. It's kind of like they, they just spewed all their information to her about like the Nightmare King and Otanthor, and they're just like, Apogee Solstice, it's like, oh... That's yeah. cute, kind of thing. Like yeah. I'll add it to the list. <laughs> like, but um, I've got the list of things she said because I like to think that these are all going to come back at uh-huh. some point. We yeah. don't know, but she said there's a, someone's doing a ceremony in Vasselheim. So they're trying to hold off the betrayer gods. Arch betrayer gods. Archmages are at work. They need to be monitored. Um, and there was something about like the like priests of the betrayer gods are actively working against the priests of Vasselheim that are actively working against them. Yeah. There's all kinds of like fun stuff going on. And and we, we can assume a couple of things. The Archmages, we can obviously yeah. assume that it is revolved around Ludinus and perhaps other members of the Cerberus assembly. Um, as far as the priests of the betrayer gods, we can maybe assume that they are potentially working with the Ruidus born or potentially working in in parallel with attempting to release the forgotten gods if we consider the forgotten gods mm. allied with the betrayer gods maybe um but we uh, we yeah. can obviously assume that if they are if these priests other betrayer gods are disconnected from the rudest born that they are just simply acting in the, on their own accord in their own self-interest yeah. trying to bring the betrayer gods back <laughs> to divine game they're always going to be doing something yeah. the the mm-hmm. them betrayer gods <laughs> oh yeah for sure 
Um, um, but this is but no, she's definitely <laughs> a stressful time for Keyleth and Alora and anyone else that hopes to maintain peace mm. during this time period. But but it is nice because it does kind of take away the implication of Keyleth's just going to pop up and help them whenever she can. Um, yes. So no, it is. It gives a very like a nice yeah. It's a it's a nice way for the DM to be like, hey, yeah, sure, Keyleth is here now, but it's not a constant thing. And I think it's very specific. She's here now because this is important to Lordner's resurrection. So. But, you know, when you're fighting Otothan Thul on Ruidus, Keyleth's probably not going to turn up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which again, puts kind of our potential concerns at ease. Because, like, mm. this is something we'd also talked about, where it's like, if they do end up going to Keyleth and they go to Whitestone and they get these powerful allies in Vox Machina, what's to stop them from just going to them all the time when these big things yeah. come up? Well, now... <laughs> We have an in-game reason why. It's because Keyleth and all these other parties are <laughs> working in a yeah. similar vein of trying to stop these things from happening, but they have so much on their <laughs> plate that they have to deal with that. that the Bell's Hells are now allowed to have their own story, um, yeah. work through their own things, since everyone else is going to be very, very busy. Box Machin is busy. Let's go find the Mighty Nine. And, and, and that's the other thing. If... Keyleth is concerned about these powerful Archmages in the Cerberus Assembly. Again, something else we talked about was yeah. Caleb has a very close relation to the Cerberus Assembly. Bo in the Cobalt yeah. Soul is all about the, the balance of corruption and, and weeding that out. So there, there is still a strong possibility <laughs> that the Mighty yeah. Nine comes back into this. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's exciting. It's, it's actually very exciting. exciting. It's but exciting. what again I am concerned about is I kind of wish that some of this stuff was happening, like let's say in the upper episodes, like eighty plus, ninety plus yeah. for the Bell's Hells, yeah, because it is still very, very early. The, the Energy Solstice is happening story. in like a month. Yeah, <laughs> like it feels like it. Yeah, because it's kind of it, I, I I agree. A lot of it's like, oh, I want to go explore Chetney's backstory, or I want to go to this cool town we've never heard of. But it's like, go go go. They have a deadline. They have things they need to get done in this time. Even even this here in Whitestone's a bit of a distraction because it's not on the to do list of you know things to get done before the Apogee Solstice. It's a matter of uh, necessity that they're here right now. So. Yeah. I, I agree. I kind of, like, one wish it was maybe at higher levels later in the campaign because, you know, that's just the build-up for that sort of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's because we're... And I don't want to say missing because I don't want people to take that the wrong way. But it does feel like we're missing some of those early campaign, low-level adventures mm -hmm. that you get in a campaign. That said, we've had that. We've had that twice already. Yeah. So I think it's okay for it to be a little bit different still not without missing some of those mm -hmm. those elements um but no it's stressful it feels like um if it does feel like uh traveler cons coming and we're not ready <laughs> right yeah it, it definitely feels that way and it feels like another reason why i wish that was this was later or why i would have liked if it was later like this stuff happening is because then it would feel like the bell's hells is on a bit more of an even playing field with like Vox mm. Machina or with the Mighty Nine if they end up making an appearance 
Because right now, with all of this crazy shit that's happening with the Apogee Solstice, potential second calamity coming, just all of these very powerful nefarious entities coming into play, it's very much like, well, Bell's Hells can't really do anything about it. Like, mm. they're not powerful enough to really stand against these powerful entities Vox Machina are. So in, mm. in this episode and, like, in this scenario that they're in, it, it would have been cooler if Bell's Hells were very powerful, you know, like, level 10 plus. So where it's like, they actually can hold yeah. their own. They, they can hold their ground. They can stand with Vox Machina against these mm. forces. But right now, it's more so like, well, I guess we just pass the reins on to more powerful people because we are kind of out of our element here. We are kind of, this is too big for our bridges. This is above our pay grade. You know, we, yeah. we, we are not capable enough to stand against these mm. things, which and kind of takes away from the Bell's Hells a bit. Yeah, that's kind of their attitude, isn't it? It's very much yeah. like we need to find help, find something that's, someone that's going to deal with this, essentially. Um, I think that, yeah, the current mindset is to find help um, rather than do it themselves, which, you know, that's it. That's, if you're facing the challenges that they're facing, I would be like, oh, I need to get someone else to deal with this because I don't want to deal with this. This is too much. Um, but that's maybe for when they go to EOS, they might be able to yeah. find something there. Maybe a, maybe a gold dragon yeah. friend to help them out. Ex but yes. Exactly. And I, I fully <laughs> trust, um, you know, Matt oh, yeah. to give Bell's Hells the story that they deserve and that they need yes. to make them feel triumphant um, even though they do have mm. these powerful allies. Because again, he did pull Keyleth away. Um, and again, there there is, as we continue on with meeting Percy, there is some resistance there in wanting to help <laughs> Bell's yeah. Hells. Um, obviously, with what we learn further. Um, but I guess with that, all that being said, we can kind of go into them meeting the Lord of Whitestone for the mm -hmm. first time and being being yeah. able to see Percy for the first time in quite quite a while. Yeah. Honestly. He hasn't changed. Cool. <laughs> hasn't changed at all. He does have a cane now. Um, yeah. That just lends to him being a bit older. A bit of an older yeah. fellow. I um, wonder. I wonder. Ways. That's what. That's what we're saying about you know Vox Machina are able to take on these threats. I'm wondering like they've they've gotten older. Like apart from yeah, Keila, yeah. I guess with her timeless body and things like that. Like even Vex would have gotten a bit older. If they're not constantly fighting in conflicts, you got to wonder if like you know, game wise, game mechanically kind of wise, if they've bit, dropped yeah. levels, things like yeah. that. Um, that being said, they're still like I'm sure very powerful, very uh, oh yes, very very, very capable, formidable foes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no. But we see older Percy and with his cane and his um, and his what's the word? Uh, short tether and <laughs> dude's busy. Dude's busy and stressed. All right. So yeah, I think he's, it's he's been working hard and uh, also the clock tower being yes. completed, which was very very cool to see. Um, as we know, that was like a very specific thing that Talison had wanted Percy to do at the end of campaign one when they were doing their wrap-up and stuff. Um, Talison wanted Percy to create this mm -hmm. clock tower that told their story um, of of the Mighty Nine. Or not, not the Mighty Nine, Box Mocking. <laughs> getting, yeah. getting campaigns mixed oh, no. up now. <laughs> um, it's bound to happen with all of these, with all of these crossovers. Yeah. Um, but then... Further meeting... Oh, no, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, he was friendly. Like, he was... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they, they've come with a personal recommendation from Keyleth, so yeah. he's going to not ignore that, I don't think. That's why he was more than kind of happy to listen to them and hear what they had to say and discuss these things. They they might have been leaving out one bit of pertinent information, oh, but yes. at the same time, he was he was eager to help them as they as he could. Um, I think just the connection of Whitestone and the connection of who Lordna is exactly. specifically, that's what very much um, kind of rocked, rocked him and then um, rocked him and socked him, <laughs> rocked him and then made him kind of focus up a bit on this. Well, yeah, because, uh, and again, adding to that point, like, Lordna and just the, the Sun Tree and, like, who Lordna represented during that time holds and bears so much emotional weight for the entirety of Vox Machina, very specifically Percy, mm. that, yeah, seeing Laudna again uh, is going going to rock the boat a bit. Um, that is going yeah. to you know, bring back so many different memories, so many different emotions um, that it will, it will grant Bell's Hells, you know, further audience and further, you know, Further humoring, yeah. if you will, um, just because of what Lada means to him. Uh, because yeah, like if I, I feel like Keela's recommendation alone is enough to give Percy some pause. But knowing Percy, if there really wasn't much else that Bell's Hells was going to provide, yeah, he probably would have just brushed them off. Uh, yeah. He very much said, like, well, thank you for bringing her back, like, yeah, bringing this yeah. daughter of Whitestone back to rest, uh -huh. like, full stop. <laughs> hey. um, no, but, you know, I, I think that was, it was just how important those, that scene all the way back in Campaign 1 meant to mm -hmm. the characters and, and um, how much it did actually impact them, um, knowing that, although not through their own, actions this was as a result of them standing up to the briarwoods there was there has to be a mix of guilt and and regret yeah. and sadness and um all these all these terrible emotions which even though as you mm -hmm. defeat the briarwoods and hopefully you know to some extent um uh vindic not vindicate that's not the right word but you know like um avenge these these people that were murdered in your in your image um there's still got to be a lot of emotions there and then to see one that has been somehow reborn and living for the past 30 years uh -huh. and is seemingly a decent person that mm -hmm. has friends um yeah there's a lot going through this man's mind <laughs> at this moment yeah. yes and 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 adding to and adding to that uh really on point when vex eventually came in um kind of branching off of what you were saying and answering your your statement even vex was like yeah we have to do what we can to bring london yeah. back because we yeah. were the reason that she died in the first yeah. place you know as mm -hmm. as a threat to us so we kind of owe it to london to bring her back and kind of finally put an end to this story uh, yeah. of the briarwoods so 100 percent um there, there is so much weight tied mm. to, to Laudna in a metaphorical sense and a physical sense um, yeah. as Delilah is weighing heavily down Oof. on Laudna's soul, uh, which was really, really interesting. 
Uh, but before we get into all of that deep darkness, we can touch on a few uh, wholesome yeah. things leading up to all of that. Um, I think first and foremost being Gwen. Seeing oh. little Gwen. It's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> That was so that was great. so cool. We were saying we... before the episode. Yeah, literally, you, you messaged me right before. We just want to see yeah. Gwen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give us Gwen, please. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Little... I love the voice. Oh, my God. <laughs> the little, like, British urchin voice. Like, a daddy. Father. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's adorable. <laughs> so good. Oh my um, god. But she's so cute. She's like a little stealthy little yeah. nerd. A stealthy nerd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Oh man. It was yeah, wonderful. That was really cool. Wonderful seeing um, that. Um We got a bit of the twins, a bit of Wolf and what's the yes, other girl? What's Leona? the girl's name? I think Leona, Leona, yes. Yeah. Bit of twin. No, that that was wonderful, and then obviously, um, then seeing Vex again uh, was very nice. Coming back from a hunting trip, very, very yeah. on, on par, <laughs> uh, very in character. I I liked how formal Keyleth and Percy were together. It was very much mm. like, "Hello, Lord of Whitestone." Yes, hello, Voice of the Tempest. Yeah, like. All right, pleasure doing business with you. Goodbye, because there's strangers here in front of yeah. them. Whereas Vex just walks in like I'm yeah. so sweaty, like I've been yeah. hunting all day. <laughs> She's mess. just like, yeah. oh, I should go change, I guess. Yeah. Like perfect. Um, yeah. yeah, perfect. And, and also, it's. it's oh, no, I was gonna say it's just so in character. Like again, it's yes. just a testament to, to to Matt knowing these characters so well and how they would yeah. react in this situation. It's perfect. It's it's really nice because as you say, even though we've had all of campaign one, we know how it ends. Like we've we know that Vex is you know happy in her lot with life. Like she's doing really well for herself. But the again, the last time we've really seen Vex has been campaign one, uh, episode, season one of Legends of Vox Machina, where she's a completely different person at this stage. So seeing her from go from that to this to this character now, who's just like living her best life really like she's got her family she's mm -hmm. got her her city she's got her wealth which is yep. very important um it's nice it's so nice um i and i didn't think we were going to get this many npcs i i thought we yeah. were going to get maybe one one character if we were lucky like outside of keyleth i thought we'd be lucky if we got one more vox machina character yep. And Matt's just like, yeah, have them all, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, so that was that was really wonderful when she turned up as well. When Matt described it, I thought it was going to be Vespa. I thought it was the daughter. Yeah, um, me too. Mm. Yeah, but then nope, nope straight up Vex. Awesome. Nope. Yeah, I remember having like a conversation with my my chat during the the pregame hype stream yesterday of like, what are the odds of different Fox Machina characters coming in? And I thought it was, I, I actually didn't think Percy was going to be around. I thought it was 100% going to be yeah. Vex. Then maybe Percy, then like maybe yeah. Pike, depending on how far they got. Um, mm. But I was pleasantly surprised mm. at how many, how many NPCs we got. Um, and people are wanting to, us to talk about the confusion, <laughs> as some people yeah. are confused as to why Gwen was or is a tiefling um mm. and that is due to percy of course making a pact with a demon or a fiend i believe 
um, named Ipkesh, as I had to pull up the wiki to remember yeah. their name. Um, but yes, Dude in a bar. <laughs> due to a deal or pact that Percy had made with a fiend, uh, Gwendolyn is a tiefling um, yeah. because of that pact that was made. Yes. Percy made a yeah, little deal with the devil. Yes, wasn't it? That was that was in Dis. They were on the plane of Dis, yes. I think, when that happened with the yep. city of Dis. So she's like a a Dis-based tiefling. I don't know. <laughs> she, mm. But no, she's like a... Yeah. Um, but it's still adorable. It is. <laughs> it's still so cute. It is very cute. Um, very, very cute. Oh. It was... And then moving, moving forward with these different NPCs, Pike... Brilliantly performed by Matt Mercer. Oh again. my god, that was probably the best. It I was. think. I think the most, yeah. the best characterized NPC was of Pike. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, oh, she's good. It was, it was great. She's and then, and then the first, the first, okay, 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 was just so, so good, so good. And the cast reaction to that, just thought the whole, like everyone's smiling when when Pike comes into comes into the scene brilliant she hasn't changed like just she the just the no. the absolute cannonball of a gnome that she is yeah just like running up the screaming percy's yeah, name percy. oh my gosh yeah <laughs> so uh, so wholesome yeah um but then it's like it, it it's it's wholesome but then we have as the audience the the dramatic irony of the situation that we're in and mm. how, while it is all smiles and rainbows with Pike yeah. and seeing Percy again, we know that soon enough they are going to realize mm-hmm. that Delilah Briarwood is connected to this whole situation they find themselves in. So it's like, yeah, we can relish in it and enjoy this beautiful scene as it unfolds initially, but at the back of our minds, we're like, oh boy, this is going to take a dark turn eventually yeah. once they realize the, the gravity of this situation. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it was definitely, like I said before, it was something that they didn't necessarily on purpose keep out. Like, they didn't, they weren't lying yeah. about Delilah, but they were definitely withholding that information. They had, they had talked about her connection with Delilah, mm-hmm. which from the NPC's point of view would have been, oh, yeah, because Delilah's the one that killed yeah. her and put her up on the yeah. tree. Um, so, so it was, it was a little bit. It's going to come out eventually. There is going to be a recognition here of what what's going on with Lorna. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, even even when they began the first ritual, like I think it was like a um, like a she did she try she didn't try a true resurrection. It was like just um, uh, oh gosh, I had a I had it like listed somewhere what she initially did but she raised tried a resurrection dead. correct she tried raise dead um as it's happening i'm just like oh oh god they, they should have told they should have told them they should have said something yeah. but yeah matt was able to work that into the story not dissimilar i feel to um uh not's trans first attempt at transformation oh yeah i thought it was a very simple kind of moment to that of like we're doing it it's happening now something could go wrong um and we get the confirmation that oh there's another soul here and it is latched on we can't we can't separate it with this spell Mm -hmm. um and that was the the other time that i'd got chills when pike was like there's another soul here it's like oh shit the cat's out of the bag 
They're gonna know yeah. and they're gonna shut it down. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Percy's just like, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yep. We're, that's done. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Um. But then, Valid. but then that that alone then leads to, you know, the the following scene of you know Ashton. Because that was the break, wasn't it? That was the yeah, yeah. Like, that there's was, another that soul here. The line yeah. of Briarwood. Let's go to break. Yeah. Like ah. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. Because uh, again, we as the bells hells, their knowledge of Delilah is pretty limited only to what Laudna has kind of told Imogen and to what, what Aurum has kind of relayed as yeah. well. So the Bell's Hells, they're like, okay, Delilah is no good, evil baddie, but they don't exactly fully understand the meaning of that. Mm. Now, for Vox Machina, because we, again, we know their story. We know <laughs> what Delilah's all about. So we can understand... Percy wanting to shut it down and wanting to have nothing to do with it as the bell is hells and what is a, a genuine and real reaction from like Ashton specifically, they yeah. don't fully understand that. So like, no, like we have to do this. We have to get this done. We have to bring Laudna yeah. back. She is good. Despite all of this terrible things that have happened to her, Laudna is the opposite of all of this. Yeah. She is a good person and she deserves to come back. She doesn't deserve this. Um, so again, it's that that's it's that interesting using meta knowledge, but not mm. being meta, but still using it to make the story better and to create interesting mm. scenes, is it's very well role played by by all of them. Mm. And you've got to think, you've got to kind of like put it into a perspective of imagine if they were just doing this with some random NPCs, like a really powerful cleric and a really powerful king of some other continent that they'd never heard of before, that we'd never heard of before, and this was the reaction. It's like, oh, there's another soul here. It's this person's name. And that other sovereign of it was like, that's it, shut it down, we're done. The reaction would be the same. It'd be like, wait, why? What's going on? Yeah. Like the way Ashen responded to it, the way Imogen responded to it, saying like, no, this is not good enough. Like you need to do more. Um, yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, dude, like, come on, help us, please. Um, it's the exact same reaction they had when Percy was like, no, we're, we're not doing this anymore. Even though we know 100% his reasoning for it yeah. and 100% why he doesn't want to do it. Uh -huh. Um it's I, I like that that they they managed to play that scene out, yeah. um, like kind of truthfully, try, kind of like yeah, non-meta, I guess would be yeah. the and it creates phrase. a very very interesting potential divide in the yeah. audience as well because yes. you'll have like maybe the diehard campaign one fans who are one hundred percent siding with you know Percy. It's like yeah, no, like we don't want Delilah back. And then there's like yeah. maybe the people who came in campaign two or even just started with campaign three, where they're like, what is this guy what talking about? Like bring Laudna back. So it, it's yes. an interesting yeah. dynamic within the game. And it also creates an interesting dynamic outside of the game with the audience and stuff. Mm. It just creates such an, no, an interesting divide. I've seen a lot of discussion about, um, again, of both sides, but especially of, people calling out Percy being like, what a, what a dick. Like, what are yeah. you doing, Percy? It's like, no, this is really in character for him. This is so on brand. Yeah. I don't think Percy was even necessarily being as dickish as he could have been in this scene. Like, he was just being Percy, like, straightforward, a bit, mm -hmm. a bit like, um, you know, he's a bit quippy sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, like, 
he's straight up saying, no, Delilah Briarwood is not coming back. My children aren't going to live in a world with Delilah, Delilah Briarwood. Um, I, I'm saying no. And they even then managed to get him to a position of, if you can find a way to do this without Delilah coming back, I might consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love, like, in response to that, Vex was just like, let's just go to Pike's house and do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, he would, I, I feel like, one <laughs> Percy felt a bit like the only adult in the room yeah. <laughs> for a little bit of that scene. But again, that's just because we know who Delilah Brywood is and what their history together is from the Bell's Hell's perspective. And as you say, from like maybe newer critters perspective, it's a bit like, well, why not, why not just try? Like, just do it. Yeah. Like how bad could it be? Sort of thing. Um, it can no, be real really bad. Nice. It can be real bad. Yeah. <laughs> bad. Bad is the yeah. answer. Um, and again, I, I think creating scenarios like that as, uh, you know, it, do, it does seem like maybe the new recruiters don't fully understand um, the gravity of, what, of what's happening here. I think it, it still is good storytelling to create these oh, yeah. scenes or these story Ooh. elements that cause a divide in not only, you know, the, the players and the cast, but also the audience. I think it's good yeah. to, to then have those discussions obviously healthy 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 yes healthy good discussions there should be no attacking there should be no like condemning of you know (laughs) matt's decisions as percy and stuff there should be none of that there should be you know good healthy conversation because it is like situations like this have a lot of weight to them there should be a conversation that happens and i think it is it's good for the story that these that these things do happen um, that there is like a discussion to be had. Yeah. Um, so I love That's it. But again, only healthy, only healthy, no attacking, none of that, yeah. none of that shit. Cut that shit out. No one likes it. It's toxic. <laughs> Don't do it. Honestly, for the most part, it's all been pretty positive. Yeah. I only saw like maybe one overtly super negative comment, yeah. which, as far as a critic roll episode goes, only one super negative comment's pretty, pretty okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so for the most part, a lot of people, even if they were angry at Percy, they were still like their anger was valid because it's like, yeah. yeah things didn't go the way we wanted them to do. I'm going to be angry at the person that made that call. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm just like, ah, oh, fucking person, love you too much. Yeah. I can't be angry. Yeah. <laughs> You're so valid. You made such a good yeah. point. And also uh-huh. because from my meta point of view, it's like, they're going to still do something to get Lorna back. This is not full stop. Like, mm. I know that even if Percy's just like, no, they're still going to try something. Like, something's going to happen. So, um, I can still enjoy the story. Uh, exactly. Of Percy just being like, this is my castle. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how dare you? Um, nah, yeah. It's good stuff. But then before we dive into them entering this, you know, <laughs> shadow realm, um, beginning the ritual uh, to untether uh, Lana mm-hmm. and Delilah's souls, we did have a very brief scene with Ashton and Percy. Yes. Um, oh, that was obviously... Good. The meta alone in this, you know, Taliesin's characters, you know, going going head to head, but also a very interesting dynamic between the two of them as mm-hmm. they both have gone through kind of similar things. You know, Ashen going into the fact that they've lost everything. They've lost a lot. Um, They're trying to find like a purpose again. And that purpose is this group kind of parallels Percy's story um, in a way yeah. in, in like a similar uh, yeah, sort of art, Ashton 
Ashen seemingly, although they don't necessarily have memory of her, but seemingly comes from some kind of powerful clan or family or yep. their parents at the very least were in some form of power and some catastrophic event happened which caused them to become an orphan. Uh, mm. And now, yeah, we see not necessarily, although Percy's was all about revenge and, you know, and um, gaining the power to take revenge, um, Ashen's is very much about, like, being able to heal and find family and and put all that behind them, but it's catching up to him, seemingly. Um, yeah, no, I did like the parallels, and I did like the way they handled that that conversation, and it was a little bit too, as we said before, of of, of Talison being able to prod specific little things that would resonate yep. with Percy mm-hmm. um, without it being meta, without it being, yeah. uh, like, out of character for Ashen to say these specific things. Mm-hmm. So... It was really nice to be like, you know, Percy almost trying to like teach teach Ashton a lesson of like, you know, yeah. you've got to grow. You're young. This is how the world works, sort of thing. And Ashton's like, yeah, yeah we fucking know. Uh, like, how dare you? Um, yeah. You could do something about it. This is like, um, no, it was nice. It was really nice, and I thought it was perfect characterization again by Matt for Percy. His lines were good. Like, I know, good. And especially because after. Ashton gave or uh, Talison gave a brilliant speech as Ashton about you know their life and stuff, and then Percy just being like, "Are you done? Are you good? Yes. That's so good. Did you say everything you wanted to. All right. Yeah. And then and then, and then Ashton, typical kind. Of, I, I love Ashton's. Um, he does this thing where he's like he's he's very much downplaying what he's trying to say. He's just like, well, I've got something else for you if you want it. hundred yeah. percent, he was going to punch him. Like that was hundred oh, percent yeah. in his face. Like I have something else if you want it. That yeah. had to have been like a, a balled up fist. And then oh, when man, Percy's like, there's nothing you have that I could possibly want. You yeah. can see like the wheels and Ash's yeah. brain turning a bit. I'm like, do I do it? Do yeah. I do I give it to him? Um, but no, it was a really, really fun interaction. Um, but I did like, Percy gave good advice. Percy was just yeah. like, this is essentially the lot you've been given. You've got to make something to do with it. What would you say? You're a small fish in a big pond. Make some waves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like do what you can. And you're on the right path. Just don't fucking bring back Delilah Briarwood. I think I'm pretty clear on that point. Um, mm-hmm. No, it's good. Good stuff. It's a re- really, really awesome scene. Um, followed then, by closely another then, really awesome scene yeah. um, with FCG. Ah! FCG oh, and... No, uh, oh, before that, oh, oh, before, before that. that, when Ashton left... Uh, oh, yes! Ashton with left the, with, punched a statue, which yep. alerted... Which alerted... The guard bears. Trinket! Trinket! Oh, my gosh. Adorable. Oh. Baby. Matt Little sinking trinket. into Trinket voice again. Yes. <laughs> it just got, he does that so well. Yeah. It does I know. like sad bear sounds really well. But he's looking yeah. old. He's so old. Yeah, an old bear. Hoodie. And a little, a little baby Charlie. Like a baby Charlie. Well, probably not baby, but you know. Oh, yeah. Charlie yeah, and yeah. unnamed partner. Yep. I don't think they've given a name for Trinket's partner, <laughs> but it's so um, it's so cute. Yeah, just Trinket's still mm-hmm. around. I don't think canonically Trinket can die, um, because yeah. I don't think Laura would allow it. No. But nope. it's it's very sweet. It's mm-hmm. uh, 
this goddamn castle with three bears oh, roaming around. Oh, no. <laughs> so stupid. Um, oh. No, nah, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was a, it was um, a nice break from the, the tense conversation of yeah. Percy and Ashton. <laughs> um, but, but then, then we yes. did go to Pike's house. But then, yes, we go to Pike's house where we have the wonderfully wholesome scene of Ooh. FCG realizing that they are a real boy. Um, he's a real boy! He's, he's got a, a soul! Boy. He has a soul. He really does have feelings. <laughs> he really does. He really does care. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah, that's it was really gorgeous. Nice. Yeah, and the fact that their their soul was kind of like you know it didn't follow the shape of their metal. It was just their yeah. their kind of encompassing of being, and the fact that the change bringer is focusing on FCG yeah. or has some kind that of connection cool. to FCG. Ooh, I love the change bringer so much. Yeah, no, that was She's awesome so because good. again, like during. Oh God, that's horrifying question during whose soul does fcg have oh god <laughs> don't like that question oh god logan <laughs> no no um but again like i remember back when they were resurrecting um Orum and fern when the, the coin was brought up the the facial mm. ex facial expression that matt had where he's like oh hmm i'm Ooh, gonna cool, use really? this i'm gonna use this, gonna use this. Um, yeah for something in the future and yeah uh, i think the change bringer is definitely going to be a player in fcg story change bringer is really good for fcg because even this little bit we got when fcg alert they had a soul it's like oh no i have to live now like what yeah. it, it didn't matter before like uh -huh. not none of it not so much none of it mattered but their their existence didn't seem to matter before now yeah. knowing that they have a soul and having the change bringer as a patron or at least as a guiding force of the change bringer is all about you know going your own path and finding your own way and and making these decisions for yourself for that to be the focus for an automaton who's like you know my role was to serve i i feel like my job is to serve people mm -hmm. and to heal people and to make them happy what does it mean for me to have free will and to have a soul and to make my own path um it's, it's very existential very it very is. quickly for fcg um but i'm excited for them to kind of explore that aspect of fcg's character of well what do you do if you what maybe you don't want to be what if you don't want to be a cleric anymore maybe what if you don't want to help people like yeah you're an you're naturally empathetic but what if that's not what you want to be anymore like it's exciting it's really exciting the, the killer bot what if that's what you want to yeah, be? yeah 100 what if that's more appealing to you in this situation um Change bringer would be like, sweet, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, probably not. Um, but no, it is really nice, this kind of aspect of FCG's character of now they, well, they've always had free will, but now they know they have this free will and this soul yeah. to do things with. And the threat of death and non-existence is real to FCG now. Yep. So mm -hmm. um, it's very There's exciting. It's there cool is character. a lot more oh. that weighs on FCG for sure. Um, and I can understand where FCG is coming from, where it's where he was like, well, it all matters now. Um, yeah. And then Orm was like, well, it's always mattered. Where it's like, yes, yeah. it has always mattered. But now from FCG's no, point I know of view, what now, it really like every yeah. choice they make has much more weight to it now um, that they do have a soul. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how FCG then progresses with this. Um, but as, yeah. you know, Chetney said... <laughs> 
in the short term, you have a tether to worry about. Um, yes. As they... Can we just acknowledge, though, that Pike's soul is like a flaming yeah, avatar right. with wings? Yeah. <laughs> like, so fucking yeah. badass. Like, yeah. So uh-huh. cool. Um, meanwhile, she's like, to them, a baker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's wonderful. But yeah, they, uh, they're, they're projecting themselves astrally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a big spell for the level they're at. It is. That is. <laughs> that's a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal, and it's also funny because again, this goes back to the fact that we know Vox Machina's story. But when like you know Pike and Keyleth are mentioned, it's like, oh yeah, we've I've talked to gods before. Um, yeah, you know, I cool. met them. Some of them are cool. Yeah. Some of them are bad. It's like a very like, 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 brag. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I do like the kind of just like, oh, you know, well, well, well yes, I guess I've spoken to some gods. And it's yeah. just like, it's like acknowledging at the moment that it is a really cool thing to be able to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is not, not a normal thing in, you know, like the world of D&D to be directly yeah. contacting these gods and stuff. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Because again, you know, thinking mechanically of like levels in D&D, like a level five character is very capable <laughs> A very yeah. powerful individual. Yeah, hundred percent. And stuff, and like they're, lo- they're like local. They're town heroes at that point, local yeah. legend. Yeah. So, yeah. So a level twenty cleric. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just like, oof, yeah. that's almost boring on legendary. the cusp of Godwood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As Orm said, legendary uh, individuals. But uh, yes, they astral project themselves into mm. this strange spiritual kind of Shadowfell adjacent-esque place to locate Laudna's soul. I want to mention how how eager is not the right word, but how um, forthcoming Vex was to help them with this ritual. We did talk a little bit about the fact that she was also deeply affected by Laudna's appearance. Um, So for her to, one, not, and it's not to say go behind Percy's back, but it's essentially to not include Percy in this, um, I think is really important. Uh, she's, she's saying like, no, this is important. This is something we need to do. Pike, I trust you to do this and I'm prepared to pay for it. Um, no, it was really, it was really exciting that she was on board, um, at the very least, because you, you, it could have been played off as well. Well, no, I know how important this is to Percy as well. So, we're not going to attempt it. But I guess in their view at this point, this isn't to bring Lordner back. This is to get rid of Delilah. So, yes. yeah, it's not like they're trying to bring Lordner back at this point. It is just to try and destroy Delilah again. Mm. Again. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, yeah. funny when they're, they were kind of getting a, a, a briefing on Delilah's capabilities and stuff. There. Yeah. And Pike was like, well, with the first time we killed her, we did this. Yeah. The second time we did this. Yeah. yeah that, Delilah has been a thorn in their side for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and maybe finally, as Pike was saying, if they are successful in untethering their souls, and then Pike was like, maybe I can banish her for good this time. Yeah. I feel like they've had I a lot think- of for goods actually um, destroy her. <laughs> like get rid of this woman yeah um yeah but yes. um people are also saying in chat orem got a plus one short sword very yes. exciting that yes. is uh, nice. very nice very nice 
it's kind of it's always it's, it's a mistake I've made too as a as a martial character. It's starting your character with a sword that has significance to you, because oh, yeah. then when it's hard to it's hard to buff it at that point. Yep. Totally um, so Orem's sword is wonderful. Like Orem's regular short sword is wonderful with the the filigree and the design and everything. But then you got to put that aside for the clearly yeah. better sword. Uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah. um, it's always it's always tricky. Yeah, but. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. I can see, or I can, I can see Liam making the choice to go back to their regular sword after this. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's nice that they've at least for the time being got a magic sword that they yeah, can do stuff with. Definitely going to help because as they enter this 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 Oof. realm, this very dark realm, they seem to be in some kind of a like a swamp type deal, like a very. I don't know. I was getting like swamp vibes because it was very like run down yeah. and stuff, and like the, the house. Um, and just the forest, forest I, yeah. I, it's like it's i mean and not to skip ahead but based on what we saw at the end of the episode yeah it's like they're in it's like they're in like the upside down of whitestone yeah. like yeah. so this swamp and the forest could have been like the parchwood and a swamp within the uh-huh. parchwood and this is where lordna when she came back she went and hid for a while like somewhere mm-hmm. on the outskirts of whitestone um spooky Spooky. It's like hard to know where they are exactly. It's it feels shadowfellish, but at the same time, that's tricky. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how that works with astral projection necessarily. I think it works. I don't, I'm not. I don't want to go into it because I haven't yeah. looked it up. But um, it feels very shadowfell esque, and whether or not they've delved into Lordness essence and like they're they're managing to be in this kind of like mini realm this sub realm where Lorda and Delilah are clinging to existence um mm-hmm. I think that's what it's going to be it's not necessarily a set realm it's it's a um a pocket dimension that's what I'm trying yeah. to think of a pocket dimension uh which is filled with aspects of Shadowfell because we know Delilah and Vector and all that they had, had a lot of influence within Shadowfell yeah. so um Oh yeah, domain of dread. Yeah, it could be like a little domain of dread. So like a little pocket dimension of dread from the Shadowfell, um, kind of like Ravenloft is. If you've ever played Ravenloft, um, yeah, that's a good. That's actually a really good call. Domain yeah. of dread. It's a good call. Pocket Shadowfell is what pocket I'm going to call it from Shadowfell. now on. <laughs> yes, but it's bad. It's bad here. I don't it's like not it. Good. It's not good. And the entities that reside in this in this place are equally as bad as we did have a brief combat. Um, yeah. Against some of these, some of these creatures that reside within, um, pretty nasty. Pretty nasty, yeah. They nasty. had some max HP taken from them, which yeah. is is bad yeah. mechanically. Yeah, that's uh, it's not good, especially it's again like Matt. Matt does does these all the times where he'll have like a preliminary battle that the the mm-hmm. party goes through to kind yeah. of expend some of their resources before they go into yes. the final battle. So again, yes, it's yes, just yes. like oh man cutting their HP down a bit, making them use some spell slots. Especially especially Chetney having oh, less yeah. max HP is, is concerning. Yeah. <laughs> because that guy needs his health. Yeah. Um Oren spent all his dice. He used all his his superiority dice. I didn't catch yeah. that. Oh. Oof. Oof. Not <laughs> That's not good. Um not good. But even before the combat though, we did get a scene. We we saw this cavern. And we saw this uh 
Avatar, this essence of Lorna. Yeah. Relive, like it's almost like it's replaying and reliving these moments yeah. from her past, and it's sad. It's really yeah. dark and really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a lot of people in the Twitch chat, in, no, not the Twitch chat, in our Discord Twitch chat, mm-hmm. um, talking about it at the time. And I think Adam was saying a lot too. They're they're getting it, some insight into what Lord has been through. Like she is, mm-hmm. she's old, older compared to them. Obviously not Chetney and Fern, right. but like she's she's older. She's like been around a couple decades. Um, and she's been through strife and she's been through hardship and yeah. they're getting a bit of a glimpse of this now of, you know, just the persecution she's she's faced for being um, what she is and who she is. Uh, so, I'm, so I'm hoping it kind of like leads to a little bit of like just care and, and, and love for Lorna when they do get her back because um, she needs it. <laughs> like this girl needs a hug after all this. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it's very rough and I do like the idea that we're kind of going through Laudna's memories in this, mm. you know, upside down-esque realm. Um and it's terrifying. And, and it's again and... then sad then to see as they went through the cavern and they see the sun tree, they see, you know, white stone oh in that God. decrepit state that it was while yeah. under the reign of the Briarwoods. Um Yeah. Sad sad especially yeah. since we just saw it in, in all of its glory not just, good just had a really fun thought if this is Shadowfell-esque and there's elements of Shadowfell in it we could get some Sorrow Sworn which are like one oh, of my favorite yeah. they're my favorite like enemies in D&D yeah. ah, they're from the Shadowfell yeah. that'd be cool because I'm thinking if they're playing into like aspects of Lordner's um, sadness or Lordner's memories uh-huh. they would be a perfect manifestation of yeah. those emotions um, to, to come out and fuck with them because yep. they're such cool creatures. But yeah. that being said, um, I think for next episode, we are building up to this kind of combat with Delilah. And what yeah. is that going to look like? If she's just I, I this essence within Lordna, are they going to have to fight Lordna while Delilah's still within her? Ooh. Imagine if they fight an avatar of Lordna with all her abilities, but boosted by Delilah. Oh, man. Because Delilah wants to be resurrected. She yep. does not want to be detached. She She's going to make it so that the Bell's Hells have a choice to make. It's either going to be, you can fight me and try to destroy me, but I'm taking her with me, or... Mm-hmm. Like, you can help me and get us both out of here. Um, so I can imagine it's going to be Delilah using Lordna to some extent to, you know, mutually assure destruction. Or maybe if I get them to fight Lordna long enough, they'll eventually back down and have to help yeah. me. Ooh. Yeah. I, I could see that. And again, we know that Delilah is fading, right? We know she's yes. not as powerful as, as she might seem. Or appear mm. to be um so there might not it's going to be a climactic and deadly battle regardless yeah. um yeah but we're going into it with the knowledge that delilah is not at full power yeah that's true um, but that's where i'm thinking maybe ads ads <laughs> like yes. that like some sorrow someone in there yeah, let's go exactly exactly um, um but then we also have um okay can't remember 
Something else to do with Delilah. Adam, I lost Adam brings up a point, that, so. and it's something we talked about uh, again yesterday during the live chat. Was maybe if they're able to interact with Lordner's essence, they'll be able to like get Marisha back at the table, mm. so mm. that she can be she can still be present essentially yeah. for this. Um, and then that would be interesting. Oh, that'd be interesting. Of then, how do they work out combat from that? It'd be, mm. be kind of cool if it was like you know, PC versus PC of. <laughs> or PvP. Oh, then has to play Lord Nut attacking the Bell's Hells. Um, yeah. Which is so cool. I love it so much. <laughs> it needs to happen more. It's so good. I know. I huge, huge fan of, of PvP I need, to go, I need to go rewatch that Succubus scene from Campaign 2. Yeah, right. <laughs> Light them up. Yeah, that, was, yeah. Uh, that was really good. Um, but, then, oh, but then I remember what I was going to say. Um, again, like it... it while I do like that this is happening, um, again, it feels like I kind of wish something like this was happening down the line when they're like, you know, like level 10 plus, just so that they feel more powerful. Because now, while they are capable, it doesn't feel like they are fighting against Delilah capable. But then again, we have to consider that she is not at full power. It is just yes. like a sliver of herself a fraction of her soul that is here um so it is in the realm of possibility that the bell cells would be able to fight against her but again it would have been yeah. cool if they were you know like level 10 plus fighting against like a moderately powered delilah in a stronger I, form i wonder if this was because we know that for I feel like we know it a little bit at least that for Marisha, her goal for Lorna was to get rid of Delilah and to, yeah. you know, heal and become corporal, become real, like essentially, like do a, do away with the hollow one yeah. um, aspect. So I'm wondering if this was a plan that Matt had, yeah. if it ever came to necessity for for Lorna to be, you know, Lorna's down, she needs to come back, this is the path we go. Um whether or not that included Vox Machina in his initial plan or not is one thing because, like we said, they um th they were initially going to go to, oh, where was it when when they went and spoke to Estros and he's like, hey, I've got a a woman who owes me a favor, she can teleport you somewhere. They were going to go to Vasselheim, weren't they? They were mm -hmm. going to go try to meet Keyleth in Vasselheim. Yeah. I mean, that could have been another option. Maybe they could have been like, let's go to Vasselheim and try and find someone there that can help us. Um, but I feel like, to some extent, what we're going to see next episode might have been planned for a while from Matt's perspective. Yes, totally um, agree. How they got there would have been the thing that they took yeah. some time to work out with Vox Machina and Keyleth and Whitestone and all this sort of stuff. But I think, yeah, I think this next section is going to be the, the thing he'd planned for, for yeah. Baldur's backstory if it ever came to this point. So I'm, ex I'm really excited for it because I think it's going to be good. Yeah, <laughs> but again... But again, that plays into the scaling of it. Like, mm -hmm. if it was something he had planned, it was something that ideally you imagine he would have had prepared for different levels for where they were at. Right. So the fact that they're doing it now, which to us seems kind of early, we have a weakened Delilah. If it had happened 10 levels down the line, maybe we would have had a full power Delilah mm -hmm. or something along those lines. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm and excited. Because we know, we know Matt plays with time timelines, and we know he has other things that happen behind the scenes that continue to progress while the story is going on. Um, because, you know, in, in campaign two, we had him constantly progressing the conflict between the dynasty yes. 
and the Empire. And it's like, yeah, I yes. mean, if you guys were in Felderwin during this yeah. time, you would have been a part of the attack on Felderwin and stuff. Yeah. Like, these things Very are good. constantly happening. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, 10 levels down the line, Delilah would have progressed to become more powerful, more tethered to the material world that, yeah, they probably would have mm -hmm. had a much more difficult time fighting her because she would have been more ingrained. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. So now it's just all about scaling it down to their level. We're figuring out how that's going to play out with her being in this in this weakened state. But I mm -hmm. am excited to see what Matt has crafted in this realm um, for mm. for Lana and for this very climactic story beat. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of the chat as well talk about what happens when Lordna comes back. So let's say theoretically they destroy Delilah, or, you know, get rid of her at this point. Mm -hmm. She's come back before, but she's no longer attached to Lordna and they're able to do a resurrection spell on her. I think everything going well and it's successful. I, I, don't, I don't really know. I think if they manage to raise dead her, she will come back. And she'll be alive. She'll be free of Delilah. Yep. But then you've got to wonder, is she still going to have her Hollow One essence? Because if you think of Ray's dead, it's only if they've been dead for less than 10 days, which Lorna as a Hollow One has been only dead for 10 days um, after her battle with Otahan. I think if they want to fully free her of her... Of her what makes her her from her time of being on the sun tree, it's going to be like true resurrection, which yeah. again, you know, they're saying that's a big spell. That's like really expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I could see her coming back as herself, the one that we've seen for the past 36 mm -hmm. episodes, um, just without Delilah. So, yeah. which then raises other questions of what happens to her warlock capabilities. Uh, does she lose her warlock levels? Does, oh, do they yeah. become inert? Um, does she have to find another patron to like uh, take care of that? It's it, tricky. It, it is tricky, and that's probably a conversation that Marisha and Matt have had. Mm. This is a very, very real thing that is going to yeah. happen. Where it's like, how do we balance your character once this yeah. is severed? Like, where do your powers go? Do you still have? A connection to something? Yeah, are they converted into sorceress origins? Like, is there it's like yeah. a sub sorceress yeah. origins? Like, Raven Queen warlock? Yeah, I think I, I'm not sure we're going to get any Raven Queen connections. I know, I don't, but it could be good. I don't know. Yeah, we haven't really had too much insight into Lord Nar having any spiritual connection, have we? Into any kind of the godly connection not really and i mean i guess the two gods that come to mind right now are the Changebringer and saren ray um, yeah they're the only ones we've really had this campaign in general yeah yeah so that is it is interesting <sighs> and how that on how that's gonna play out mm -hmm. uh, no i'm excited for it because i feel like yeah, but anything could go wrong. They could fail against fighting Delilah and Lorna could be gone for good, which I like as well because it does definitely feel like um, this is, you know, Lorna goes down, Marusha wants to keep playing Lorna, so Matt makes that the possibility of, well, yes, we can try to bring her back, but there is a process. 
um, and the process can still fail. So mm -hmm. it's not being straight up, your character died, your character's dead. Move on, yeah. make a new character. It's listening to your player, and if your player says, hey, I kind of still really want to play this character, uh, there's a lot There's a lot going mm -hmm. on with this character, mm -hmm. you can make it You can make it happen. Like, as a DM, you can make it happen, um, but still not without the risk of it failing. So I feel like next episode is going to be the crux of it, of yeah. they have to, it has to work, Otherwise, Lorna is going to be gone, or Delilah maintains control and Lorna becomes an NPC, um, mm -hmm. which is super exciting. <laughs> I'm is... super keen for the next episode. Yeah, I think it's going to be sad and dark and fucked and <laughs> and just. I can't wait. You know what wacky. also would, you know what also would be fucked is if they do successfully, you know, sever their the connection. But like, what if another member of the Bell's Hells like dies? During trying to like, while they're save. there, yeah. I think I think if you die while astral projecting, though, you go back to your body at zero hit points. I don't think you die. Die. I know Pike says you die. Die. Yeah, I don't Pike think like, you yeah, die. If your tether, if your tether gets destroyed, you're uh, you're like gone. I I was. I'm, let's quickly look it up because it's important to it what happened. I was under the impression that if you drop to zero hit points while astral projecting, your soul goes back into your body. And you're at zero hit points. I might be wrong. Let's see. If the creature's soul is both no, oh that's Ray's dead. I didn't <laughs> I didn't change the spell. Uh, <laughs> like, oh that's interesting wording. Yeah, if, if they yeah. die, but I think then the, the question was like, what if their tether gets Yes. I say if the cord is cut, something that can happen only when an effect specifically states that it does, your soul Okay, so yes. So so if you return to your body prematurely, your companions who remain in their actual forms must find their own back. Yeah, so if you drop to zero hit points, you return to your body at mm -hmm. zero hit points. So you're unconscious, back in the material plane, that's fine. There's a cleric there. Yeah. She's got you. If your cord is cut, then you die. Your body and soul are separated and you are killed instantly. Ooh. So I'm trying to look at things now that have the ability to sever a cord. Uh, phase spiders apparently can do it. Um, Oh, the four face fighters before. I think. Yeah, so Astral Dreadnoughts. A, a few things can sever the cord. And I think it's within the realm of reasoning to imagine that Matt comes up with another um, oh, yeah. feature that can oh, do yeah. that as well. 100%. Yeah. Oh, look, Philip, Philip just gave us a perfect <laughs> description oh, of yeah. it. Dead oh, thunder yeah. wounds kicked into a plane. If Tether is cut, dead, dead. She yeah. just let. <laughs> Should have waited for Philip. I mean, you know, hopefully nothing like that happens. But again, we're all here yeah, for the yeah, angst. Yeah. But Fine. we will uh, we'll have to wait and see. And thankfully, this didn't end um, at the end of the month. And we'd have a cliffhanger. We do get the answers next mm, yes. episode. Next week, uh, to be precise. Um, well, before we wrap up, is there any final final words we would like to speak for this for this episode i don't think so it's nice seeing box talk oh, you know again it's nice yeah Wonderful. i was i was always worried that if we ever had like a um a return of a, a previous campaigns group it might feel a bit fan servicey yeah but it didn't it didn't feel like no. fan service it felt it felt really natural and earned um so it was really nice uh, yeah. yeah, just nice to see them again. See that they're doing well. 
I was really hoping Grog would have been there, but that, <laughs> that might have oh, been too much. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. But this does get me hyped for the potential of the Mighty Nine coming back mm -hmm. and seeing how that will, yeah. that will unfold. I'm very excited. Very, very excited where this is going. Um, yeah. But, everyone, with all that being said, I think we can go ahead and call this one a wrap. So, as always... Thank you all so much for, for coming out, hanging out with us. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in live, chatting with us, hanging out. Thank you to everyone who's going to be watching this on the upload on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever else this podcast may find itself. Thank you all for your support. If you are looking to support us further, be sure to follow us on Twitter, our own socials, as well as our podcast Twitter that is going to be at WhatTheSheepPod on Twitter. Links to all of those will be in the description down below, as well as a link to our website whattheshippodcast.com where all of our socials will be linked once again all of our podcasts that you can listen to there as well you can also like leave reviews and stuff so yeah. if you are looking to support us further check out our website check out our socials give us a follow we appreciate you all thank you for watching and so everyone hey. as always don't forget to love each other spread the love to everyone you meet to everyone you see the world needs more love in it so make sure you're spreading it around but Make sure you're also loving yourself. That is the most important thing you can do. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Drink some water, eat some food, get plenty of rest. I'm proud of you and thank you for being here. And so in conclusion, with all of that being said, I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful rest of your morning, day, evening, wherever you may be on this glorious earth. And we will see you all very soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.